Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Pill. My name is BJ, with me as always is The Bear, and we're going to talk about Demolition Man, one of the best movies from the early 1990s ever, one of the best Sylvester Stallone movies. But uh, first off, I hear there was a little bit of news. Parker, go ahead and tell me what it is. Well, we picked Demolition Man. And not only is it one of the best movies of the 90s, I'd say it's one of the best movies in film history. Yeah, you can debate me, but you're wrong. I, just, I, I will defend it. It's just such an original concept, and it's so crazy to see just this original idea blown up into such grand scale. Like, And boy, has it aged well. I think it's aged yeah. better than any movie I've ever seen. So you know what? I want to celebrate some people doing some original ideas, Chris. Oh, that's good. So Bad Boys for Life has directors attached uh, to it. It's, uh... Okay. Martin Lawrence you, is still alive, I guess? He, he Allegedly. We don't know where Maybe. he is, but yeah. Martin Lawrence is out there. Yep. In a movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chris, do you want to know uh, what the Bad Boys for Life... By the way, that's the third movie, not the fourth one, even though it's called For Life. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> do you want to know what else they're working on? What else? Beverly Hills Cop 4. Uh, you know what? The world was waiting on a fourth iteration of this. Uh, but Charlie Murphy's dead. They can't, you know. How dare you break him into this podcast? God bless him. All right, enough about that because Sony is relaunching Men in Black. Why? Why do you sound sad? I. But why can't we just let these things be dead? Why do we have to Frankenstein everything? Um, we actually really like franchises and brands on this show, Chris. I yeah, but like we don't necessarily like companies, especially ones like Sony. Chris, Chris, I love brands. <laughs> brands are very important to the show. Okay. Okay, fine. I'm. I'm Let's try that again. Let's try that again. Okay. So F. Yeah. Gary Gray's uh, relaunching Men in Black with Steven Spielberg on as executive producer. You know what? Steven Spielberg has never been an executive producer on anything bad, so this should end well. That's correct. I mean, it's not like they're just going to pull a Jurassic World and just relaunch it with a new cast for the exact same movie three times. Yeah. Fine. This is going to be just great. Five Transformers movies. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) I'm still mad. (laughs) Chris, do you like The Shining? Yeah, I love it. It's one of the best horror movies ever made. Probably one of the best movies of 1980. I mean, everyone really talks about how great Raging Bull is, but you got to appreciate it. It's one of the very best Stephen King adaptations. And honestly, I'd put it as Stanley Kubrick's best work. Yeah, but how do you feel about the book? I'm not really that into it. Did you it's, ever it's read right. the sequel book, Doctor Sleep? No, I never read Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep is aggressively okay, and now it's getting a film adaptation. Oh, I thought this was all like, I read a book, Chris. You know, give me a gold star, but... I mean, I'm not sure what podcast you think you're on. (laughs) 
Uh, Reader Beware will be recording at a different time when we talk about our favorite spooky goosebumps books. <laughs> We're going to bring you Shibu back from prison for that. If it's above Animorphs level, get it out of my face, if we're being honest. <laughs> Alright, so... So this is being made by Mike Flanagan, who just last year did Gerald's Game, which everyone said was basically unfilmable. And uh, it was actually really, really, really well made and intense, and this awesome moment that as soon as you see it, You'll know. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about because it will stay with you forever. You know, maybe and then we'll the last ten it. minutes of it are absolute garbage, which in fact makes it the most faithful Stephen King adaptation. <laughs> right. Holy fuck, does the ending of that movie suck? Yeah, boy, he's never been able to write an ending, has he? Absolutely not. He should really just leave it up to the filmmakers to change the ending on their own, like in The Mist. <laughs> but you know, don't change too much. Or The Shining. Extremely butt hurt and just hold a grudge about it for forty years. Yeah. Long after the man's dead. Oh boy. Oh, I hope they change the ending to it. <laughs> God. I hope the turbo comes out more than I've ever wanted anything in my life. <laughs> they're gonna take it they're gonna take drugs and see a, a giant turtle belching up the ocean. So what's next in the news? Anything else? Chris, do you want a piece of good news in your life? Yes, finally. How about a sleeping dogs movie starring Donnie Yen? Holy shit. Right? First in line. Like, I'm sure this is going to fall apart or go to, like, Paul, T- <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson. Or so- Wait, not him. W.S., I'm sorry. <laughs> I always, every time. Me too. But you know what? I stick by it. Dude, that, I, would, I would watch the shit out of that. I don't think any directors attached, so just any minute now. Yeah. Combat make I, motherfucker. Okay, yeah. Now that Resident it. Evil has closed its doors, he can take over and ruin something else. Thank goodness. But, uh, you know, I think that's all we have left. What if you... Oh, my God! New Star Wars, Chris. Oh. Uh, what? Well, are we sure it's a Star Wars movie? It doesn't have Star Wars in the title. Chris, do you like Game of Thrones? No. Me neither. But the showrunners have been hired on to write and produce a new series of films. You see, it's funny. What? A lot of people reporting a new trilogy. It doesn't say trilogy. It says series. That could be anything, Chris. That like could be one, movies. it could be two. It could be until they put my cold, dead body in the ground. <laughs> it's going to no be two movies tops. <laughs> you fucking say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is actually you got to appreciate what the studio is doing here. They're just looking at the money and saying, yeah, we could pretty much make whatever. And people are still going to go see it just because of the Star Wars license. Just because they put Star Wars above it. People are going to go see it. They could call it Star Wars Citizen Kane, and people would just go out there and see it. Might be educated for once in their lives, or they could watch Star Wars Episode Eight and just be like, "Remember the people defending it?" Yeah, what a bunch of fucking savages to like quality entertainment <laughs> that breaks new ground and tells an interesting story. Yeah. Anyway, it broke new ground, Chris. Yeah, that was it was really so good. space Hillary you. Clinton. So, I mean, you can have all these jokes and ha-ha's at my expense, but I just want to run this by you real quick. Okay. So, Solo, coming out this year. Episode 9. Ryan Johnson's new trilogy. An Obi-Wan movie. Probably a Boba Fett movie. And now this series. So, who's laughing now, cockface? Uh, there's going to be a Greedo trilogy, and you know it. Oh, could you imagine? Uh, I'm so sick What's of the, Star Wars. It's the racist Jewish bug from The Phantom Menace. Watto? The Watto? (laughs) (laughs) Would you see the Watto movie? (laughs) What, is there a racist punchline there? 
No, I didn't have anything. No, Honestly, I just trust my racist instincts to carry me to the finish line, but uh, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I really no, let like... myself down by not thinking of something. I mean, I thought of things, but my real... Uh, you and Jedi mind tricks don't work on me. <laughs> <laughs> it did sound like he had like 12 kidney stones while he was oh, recording man. his lines. As long as those fucking waddos run Hollywood. <laughs> Okay. I'll be uh, honest. Really? I was really trying to work it into Bright, but they already they already represent Jews in that movie. Oh, that reminds me. Josh and Trevi asked me, so should I watch Bright? I said, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> he should. He should hear about the dope with the Orchid block party. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't. I hope he never speaks to you again. The entire movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other news? No, I think nothing can really... Do, undo the damage that news did to me. Okay. Uh, that hit term- me like a fucking freight train when I sat down. <laughs> I was at work. I sat down to take a dump, opened up Discord, and the horror <laughs> on my face. <laughs> I literally can't escape it. My life is just garbage fucking franchises just demanding I consume and consume, and we love that here. That's awesome. Yeah. Brands uh, are cool. I, I love, love it. the capitalism. Very big capitalist. Uh, I love to pound off to SEO marketing tips. I Do love brands. I love integration. I love affiliates. Lowercase a list. So, Absolutely not. Uh, what I watched recently, a 1956 black and white called The She Creature. Uh, this movie's not very good. It's about a hypnotist who controls a woman to bring back her former self, who was a, a sea creature. Which is which is weird because they call it a she creature. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This thing goes around terrorizing people, and then the movie ends, and I wasn't really paying attention. I also rewatched uh, the incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed up zombies. That's, <laughs> That's a good one. not a very good movie. The Can whole movie. Tickets here. <laughs> it's very much a fever dream. Did you know they originally showed it in? Uh, they called it like Hypnovision. So there's oh, a couple geez. moments during the movie where it's like someone's being hypnotized. They show like a spiral sort of thing. In some theaters, they would have it like as soon as that scene showed, they would have people dress up in masks from characters of the movie and run around the seats and scare people. That uh, sounds incredible. This movie was made. This movie was made for thirty-eight thousand dollars. That <laughs> so, actually sounds like the best thing. Uh, it is not very good. There are also no zombies in the movie, so that's well, that's worth mentioning. It, it also features out. strip joints where women go in and just look around with a big old smile on their faces, like, "Yeah, I'm just you know really enjoying the show." <laughs> now maybe I I'm being the a main jerk. Maybe they're like lesbians. A... I don't know. Or the main character looking like a big old greasy Watto, if you know what I mean. No, no, you, you, he was definitely a greaseball, but he had like a typical American alien, a typical white guy, who I think was also the director. And then there was his roommate, who sounded like an Italian Popeye. <laughs> That's, it's been a while since I've seen that. Like my favorite riff from the MST episode is, uh, oh, by the way, my roommate says, Give me a minute, give me a minute, give me a I associate that movie only with that clapping monkey. The rest is a blur. <laughs> that and weird gypsy dances and I don't know. I, no, I think the, the one that I recognize is like, they see her hair like, yeah, they need a crane shot to get the shot of her hair. <laughs> <laughs> Big hair was a thing back then. I also watched uh, a lovely little western. It's called Brokeback Mountain, about two chums. And this is my first time ever watching it. And I have to say, Parker, the movie kind of reminds me about uh, both of us. It's just two guys uh, kind of confused, trying to make 
you know, alive for themselves and really just trying to fight off all the haters and just do whatever they want, you know? <laughs> so uh, special shout out to obviously the best performance in the movie was Anne Hathaway. I st- I'm going to stay on this one. Why do people hate Anne Hathaway? I never understood It's because that. That she's pretty like, and talented. I do hate talented women. Yeah. And all women, honestly. Yeah, but I want to amplify their voices. Yeah, I mean, I have this cut of The Last Jedi you might be interested in. I feel like it really <laughs> streamlines the narrative. Uh, yeah. Um, another one I watched is uh, Jack Frost. You may have heard of it, but oh, in fact please. you haven't. No, it was not the Killer Snowman movie. And is no, it wasn't. the Michael wasn't, Keaton one? No, God not the Michael it. Keaton one either. Fuck and this. not even the uh, the little uh, Rankin-Bass short that's like stop well, motion. No, this is some not. sort of like Russo-Finnish movie with some guy with the blondest fucking hair you've ever seen in, her, in your life. It's basically like it combines a whole bunch of different folktales together. I mean, it obviously starts off with like Cinderella, but there's also a sort of like Rumpelstiltskin thing and like Baba Yaga and everything. And then Snow White at one point. It's just really jumbled and mishmash, terrible dubbing, and this guy's blonde hair. Holy moly, I can't get over it. Like he's supposed to be the hero, the handsome guy that the girl wants to marry not with that hair dude it is unbelievable so how does a movie like this come across your radar <sighs> what do you think i was watching mystery science theater 3000 <laughs> oh, yeah. so that makes sense, I guess. I'm, I'm trying to work my way through season eight and i count it when i watch a movie on mystery science theater 3000 i count it as actually watching the movie because it's like watching the movie fair. with my buddies and uh, another one. Now, this is one. Even <laughs> you might have heard of this 1950 black and white movie. This is it's called 1957's I Was a Teenage Werewolf. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the most well-known movies in the history of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And people say, no, actually, this one's good. And I just keep thinking about the title. You know, I Was a Teenage Werewolf. This also led to a movie called I Was a Teenage Frankenstein. And you just think about all the sort of, you know, wonderful things that we can do. Like next month we can do I Was a Teenage Lord of the Jungle. A 13-year-old boy is Lord of the Jungle. He talks to animals and they talk to him. Follow him as he searches the dark interior of Africa to find a strange herb that will make hair grow on his chest. That's a good one. And then uh, I Was a Teenage Hubcap. Wait a second. I Was a Teenage Hubcap. Wholesome youth mob with long, greasy hair gain control of a small, isolated town and run it better than the fat real estate operators who had it before. That sounds like fun. How about I was a teenage Martian? Small boy reigns in terror over local residents who don't understand him. He falls in love with a plastic girl full of dynamite and computers that the high school metal shop teacher builds as a decoy. They marry, they get married and take off for Mars and his flying saucer and blows it up. Oh, here we go. I was a teenage gas station attendant. A young boy hates his life. He wishes he was a girl. The high school counselor helps him to see that this is only a way of expressing his resentment for the fact that most girls don't like to run a gas pump. Finally convinced that this is not only ridiculous, but expensive, of course, to become a girl, he attempts suicide. The last minute, his alcoholic mother yells up to him on the bridge, you know, where he's going to jump from, and tells him that he just got a scholarship to Juilliard. He comes down and finds out that the letter wasn't for him at all, so he joins the Marines. Then, of course, we have I was a teenage rhinoceros a psychotic teenage liar's nose keeps growing his friends reject him he gets a part in an american international monster movie his big chance at the premiere he tells hedda hopper the picture is lousy and his nose goes back to normal his friends still reject him how about i was a teenage amoeba a little animated thing you know like showing teen life and pollard slew an educational way to present raw sex amongst one-celled animals uh, how about I was a teenage artichoke? There's a slumber party. The girls are having merry fun and drinking Pepsis and 
hitting each other with pillows and making screwy phone calls, and they just get to sleep when one girl wakes up screaming for strange reasons. She finds artichoke... <laughs> I'm sorry, I wrote this. She finds artichoke leaves are growing out of her arms and head, and then everyone wakes up and tries to decide if they still want to have her for a girlfriend. Pretty soon, they forget about her and start hitting each other with pillows and making screwy phone calls again. Now... One of my favorites here. I was a teenage escape artist. The unusual story of a boy who was kept in a cage in a trailer by his emotionally disturbed parents. One day he finds a way to escape. Once he is free, he runs away and rents a dog costume. Then he comes back to the trailer and he overhears his parents talking. They believe he's dead. He barks. They come to the door and they see him. They really believe he is a dog. They love him and feed him and adopt him and care for him for a long time. Then one day, a man from the costume shop finds him and he gets arrested because he can't pay for all the rent he owes on the costume because you have to like rent those out and so just like buy them it's kind of like a camera operator for time so anyway it's all worn out of the knees and they have to throw it away the night they lock him up there's an earthquake and he escapes from jail it's the middle of the night it's cold outside and everyone's all hysterical about the earthquake so he runs away and joins the circus and becomes a clown oh uh one final one and this one's pretty good it's called i was a teenage garbage collector okay so <laughs> their son wants to be a garbage collector and there's nothing they can do about it the neighbors are talking they get mysterious phone calls in the middle of the night and the guy on the other end hangs up still the youth's mind cannot be changed he has an overwhelming sense of civic obligation and duty. He says, who else is going to pick it up? He won't just let it lay there. Today's youth must prepare for tomorrow's challenges, etc. You know, all that shit. And that's what he'd say all the time. So they buy him a new car, new clothes. They kiss him when he gets home from school, raises his allowance. They take out a policy so he can go to Harvard and buy him a carton of cigarettes and a jar of tackle. And still he wants to be a garbage collector. A wise neighbor suggests the use of negative psychology. Tell him he can do it and he won't want to. Mm -mm -mm. They tell him he could be a garbage collector. He could do anything he wants. A good parents shouldn't stay in the way of their children and now the boy and his older sister both become garbage collectors and the parents move to another city isn't that mike cernovich's book <laughs> i i'm not going to reread that whole thing with a lisp i, I deliberately wrote it with s's so instead of th's <laughs> and the other movie i watched was demolition man <laughs> man so is that what you do at work all night look i got a little bit of time between the hours of 5 a.m and 7 a.m Oh. Chris, I watched an incredible time capsule of a movie. All right. Well, I went to a friend's house. Not to brag, but I do have a friend. <laughs> oh, nice. So we're flipping through Netflix. We got through about 15 minutes of Troy before we couldn't take anymore. Oh, man. That I remember was, that. We thought it was going to be a lot funnier than it was, and then we realized it was almost three hours. And Dude, that I was saw the movie that in theaters. One. Ooh, that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah, I don't remember almost any of it. But what we landed on is a movie you might remember. Okay. Called Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Oh. Holy I, shit. I also saw that in theaters. Same with my mom. It was uncomfortable. Same. I saw it with both my parents. Uh, that see where she takes off her towel and you could see her yep. butt. <laughs> yep. Now, Chris, just reminding you about the plot. You see, when all the planets are aligned and you combine the two pieces taken from opposite sides of the globe, you can control time. The two pieces the of what? It's a good question, Chris. <laughs> and also, the Illuminati really wants it. The Illuminati. Well, yeah, the, the group is called the Illuminati. I know. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, we watched it about four in the morning and it was incredible. <laughs> I wish we had more movies this dumb today. Like... The ending set piece is so giant and elaborate and fucking stupid. And there's these, like, choreographed action sequences with the Fatboy Slim songs in the background. Man, There's, like, I... a prolonged action sequence that involves bungee cables, machine guns, and that Where's Your Head At song. <laughs> it's 
so good. <laughs> you know, it's on Netflix. You, you should, don't give you yourself should. enough credit for being so perceptive. We really <laughs> do need so many more of these explicitly dumb movies. It was like so much money went into the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Oh, and it, it made so much. They made a fucking U two song for it. <laughs> Like, Somehow I don't this think is it's truly quite as good as America looked like. <laughs> Before the towers fell, we had Laura Croft Tomb Raider. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you know we're going to have to watch a sequel in preparation for the new reboot that's coming out. Oh, you better. Be- I'll be there, man. Guess you didn't expect to see young Daniel Craig in a gruff American accent. It was this guy. <laughs> I can't believe they're rebooting this with a B cup. Anyway, uh, what else did you watch? <laughs> Sorry, I was too busy respecting her to notice. <laughs> Chris, I watched a movie you might have heard about recently called The Cloverfield Paradox. Oh, please tell me about this. Uh, do you want to spoil it? No, absolutely not. Okay. And, uh, well, it was definitely surprising. I enjoyed the idea of a Cloverfield movie just appearing the night a trailer drops more than actually watching it. That's actually kind of neat. It's it's a good thing they were able to keep that sort of thing under wraps, you know? In, yeah. You think of this day and age of social media and the internet, that, that sort of news would have been leaked a while ago. Like, I'm almost done with my 2018 horror movies post. Mm-hmm. And Saturday afternoon for Cloverfield 3, it said Cloverfield 3 TBA, parentheses the God Particle, and then underneath, fuck if I know, because there was <laughs> nothing about it. It had already been pushed back to, like, April, apparently, and then, surprise, like... It's a bad movie, but it's really fun to watch. Like, I had so much fun. It is some dumb, pulpy sci-fi bullshit. So, kind of like Bright. <laughs> like, there are threads that just appear. They're like, wow, that could be interesting. And never spoken of again. And uh, I can't spoil what it is. But the last shot of that movie... <laughs> <laughs> it made me fucking Rich Evans laugh so hard. <laughs> it killed me. Like, uh, if you want Ten Cloverfield Lane, look elsewhere because this ain't it. And that's for goddamn sure. Uh, There's a reason a this didn't go to theaters. I I was thinking actually about Ten Cloverfield Lane. Uh, that's a movie that's a really good barometer of taste. Like, if you can appreciate mm-hmm. Ten Cloverfield Lane, then you probably have pretty good taste in movies. When someone tells me that they're mad with how they twisted it at the very end, you just stop the conversation. To turn around, walk away. We don't have to be friends. I got enough friends. I have one. <laughs> like I don't, I don't need to spend my life with people who don't appreciate how Tim Cloverfield Lane ends. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, That's it well, for me, Chris. Let's get this over with. Go ahead and talk about it. Oh my god. Mm-mm. Take your time, please. Just you know. Let the wound fester. I want you to baste in it. Chris, there was a there was a big event this weekend. Did you watch it? Uh, no, I completely missed out on the latest episode of This Is Us. Oh, man, it was a real <laughs> nail-biter. But there's actually something else I want to talk to you about, Chris. Oh, what could it be? Now, you know me as an incel Spurg Lord. I don't much care for sports ball. Because I yeah. find the adrenaline off-putting, and also I got bullied constantly, and yeah. still do. By I, I still day. prefer intellectual pursuits. Yeah, I mean, watching Sesame it, Street. Yeah, exactly. I love things like Overwatch <laughs> and gaming. <laughs> that's the only. That's the big game for me. I love to play Overwatch and game. Yeah, I mean, Overwatch <clears throat> is more of a lifestyle. Gaming is gaming. Yeah, 
Gaming is cash. Sometimes I just pick up the sticks and I just like, dude, let's fucking game. Yeah. What's Overwatch time? <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I step into the octagon, I close the cage, and there's no escape. It's time to drop out of high school. You better tap the strikes, motherfucker, or I'll keep pounding you down. I, I can't go any further with this joke because I've never actually played Overwatch. Me neither, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. You already know the terminology because you're a gamer. I mean, I live and breathe gaming. I, I drink Gamer Fuel and Gamer games. Cum. <laughs> Thank you again for that shirt that I can never wear anymore. <laughs> you can wear it in bed. <laughs> oh, well, that was a fun conversation. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> My friend who I like sent me this. <laughs> hey, you know that guy you never met? He sent me a shirt that said Gamer Cum. <laughs> Locked and loaded. <laughs> <laughs> and was I ever. All right, so. Chris, let's... I want to run some things by you. Yeah. So we had some <clears throat> trailers, some TV spots, of various things I'll make you watch in your limited time here on Earth. Yeah, here I just want to get your quick opinions on them. Go for it. So we have Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, an Amazon series starring Jim from The Office. <laughs> Who's just in everything nowadays. He's in that movie called Be Quiet or something. Oh, you mean A Quiet Place, That's also like starring Jim from The Office with yeah, his wife, exactly, who he he's... somehow doesn't deserve. Look, I told you, he's in everything. How about Red Sparrow? What's that do for you? Uh, I don't know what that is. I think I must have missed that trailer. Oh, it's the Jennifer Lawrence movie where she's a spy. It's like Black Widow, but somehow worse. Why not just make a Black Widow movie? Yeah. Women in a comic book movie. Like that'll ever happen. You fucking idiot. What were we talking about? Chris, we're talking about a movie I know you're excited for. Yeah. That would be Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh, Jesus. Did you see that trailer? Epic random... Bacon of doom fucking velociraptors. I'm going to be honest with you. Not that bad. Yeah, you're going to watch anything with a dinosaur in it. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I guess I can't really take anything away from it. It's been 27 that. years. Why stop now, Chris? <laughs> I, I'm going to see if I can refrain from watching it. I've already seen the first three Jurassic <laughs> Park movies. Guess what? Only one of those is good. Yeah, you'd like to refrain from watching that, wouldn't you? I would love to not watch that. That would make me very happy. What about Skyscraper? Oh, that looked uh, pretty bad. And my dad pointed out the same thing when he watched it with me. I'm pretty sure he was just like, wait, he didn't make it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. He should be a fucking red streak on that building. (laughs) I think my favorite thing is you said something like, you know, The Rock can say no to a script. (laughs) Tommy, at some point, don't you be like, Nah, I mean, I thought we stopped making these diehard movies like 20 years ago. He's like Christopher Walken. He's just saying yes to everything. But you watch that trailer, and you know, at some point, he has to beat someone to death with that fake foot, right? Oh, yeah. Like, if that doesn't happen, why does this movie even exist? Or, like, fire it off like a torpedo. Not, not like a torpedo, like a harpoon. You know what? You talked me into it. We're seeing it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> How about Mission Impossible Fallout with his contractually obligated mustache? Well, another one of those fucking movies. I can't even Look, keep track of what happens in those, those movies. Those are all good. They're all fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like they are perfectly serviceable. It's July. Let's go see a movie. Yeah. Like I, they are fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything against them. It's just I have a little bit of difficulty following what happens in there. And like, hey, look, I've got nothing against Tom Cruise as an actor, but like, I, I can't work up too much excitement over those. I mean, like, the only actual bad one is two, but John Woo made it. So while it's bad, it's also incredibly good. Yeah. 
All right. Um, we have a little movie called Avengers Infinity War. And by movie, I mean three hours of moving images that you won't understand. Hours. Probably not. I got stuff I mean, it to probably do. should be. <laughs> You're right. You have to do things like watch Solo, a Star Wars uh, story. Let me tell you something about Solo. First of all, the TV spot was like 15 seconds, which was the biggest slap in the face to me. It's just like, look, we don't even need to waste our money to advertise a full thing on here. Truth be told, they didn't need to drop money on a Super Bowl advertisement. People were going to go see that trailer online, apparently, regardless. And in fact, if they had just silently dropped the trailer on YouTube during the game, during like during like the end of the fourth quarter, people would have watched it over the Super Bowl because people are conditioned to love this stuff. People are. I mean, it's not like anyone just like dropped a movie out of nowhere and the whole world was talking about it for a night. Yeah. By the way, it's interesting to see uh, <laughs> streaming versus theaters, where a theatrical movie plays a fifteen-second teaser for a trailer that will come out tomorrow. While streaming goes, hey, does this movie look cool? You just heard about it? Come back in two hours and watch it. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you think that's something that's pretty good for streaming, but then you get movies like Bright and uh, Cloverfield Paradox shit. So I'm still giving the favor to good old cinema here. I said Solo, a Star Wars story, and you're going, okay. Well, I, Chris, what seems to be your boggle with streaming? <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, jeez. That's a good one. It's time, motherfucker. I know, but like, I will say this. Right before we get on to Demolition Man, the, the problem with with uh, Solo is that my brother unironically posted the trailer on Facebook with no, with no <laughs> words, which immediately means that he likes it. He's in favor. He's going to go see it. You know, so are you. Oh, you two have something to talk about. That's awesome. I'm bringing your family together. Yeah, no, you're not. You don't have to talk about like kneeling for the pledge. Or Henry likes Henry likes all the Star Wars movies. He even likes the prequel trilogy. He, for a while, he said that they were actually good. I sound like a pretty smart guy to me. I'll be honest. I'm pretty sure he was. He used to say that just to like get on the good side of a girl he was seeing who was into the prequel trilogy, which is oh, weird. Man. I also dated a girl in college who was really into the Must prequel nice. trilogy. And could not stand her. It's actually cool that your brother Stockholm Syndrome himself into liking Star Wars. You know what? That happened. I, I feel like that's a thing that guys do a lot when they like when they're seeing a girl. They'd be like, "No, actually, you know, this it's really cool." Fake nerds. What? What? Fucking fake nerds. Well, there's there's they that. don't have real nerd cred like me. I dress up in jeans and a t-shirt and a suit jacket, and I sit on a set and talk about how cool Star Wars is. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> fucking nerd. <laughs> Tell your brother, fuck him. Did you did you see that video that I posted in Discord? <laughs> I did not, but I'm assuming I've seen twenty like him because my life is a nightmare. Oh man, I almost okay. I gotta find the video. It looks like a combination of me and Arena Master. <laughs> oh, just I saw the preview picture. I didn't click on it. Though. That How does it work? It is like a far more aggressive listen up gamers. <laughs> oh man. Posted on Twitter yeah, by the attention. same guy, so I think it's someone different, but it's just like, yeah, I was doing squats to this video. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of squats, um, Wesley Snipes <laughs> and Sylvester Stallone together at last in this movie, Demolition Man, 1993. Uh, beautiful, beautiful movie. Where to begin? Uh, I um, You begin right at the opening, I, because within the first five seconds, the Hollywood sign is on fire and you hear gunshots. Yeah, and you immediately are like, okay, this is going a whole lot better than Escape from L.A. is going to go in a this couple of years. going to be 
good as hell. Yeah. And Stallone, hey, still on top of his game, looks as good as ever and performs about his best. Uh, Wesley Snipes. I mean, okay. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you, you want to talk about both the leads. You want to talk about how Sylvester Stallone. Stallone is Stalloning it up. He is, you know, you know, I'm doing the best. I, I mean, this movie is better than Judge Dredd. I am completely serious about that. I don't care how hot that take is. Judge Dredd fucking sucks. I, well, I mean, in in terms of uh, Stalloneness, you know, because yeah, everyone both said like, I am the law. You know, you betrayed the law. law. You know? it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The law, law, law. But for this, I think this is even Stallonier. And that's a high, high, high compliment. Perhaps the highest compliment. I think this is, you know, in in a career of iconic movies, this is the one that really captures the essence of Sylvester Stallone. More than Rocky, more than Rambo. I can't believe I've gone so many years without watching this. Like, this was a mainstay on Sunday afternoon cable. But uh, I never got it in its purest form. It It is fucking delicious. Now, all that being said... Wesley Snipes. Oh, oh boy, oh, boy, I'm what a treasure. I watched it last night, and I spent the rest of the night being so mad that Wesley Snipes isn't in movies anymore. Exactly. You know, this if is, only he got, like, he a He's not a, in a Black Panther. Series. Every single black actor is in Black Panther. Give Wesley Snipes a call. What are we doing? Yeah. Oh, man. The way that You can't find acts... one scene for him to spin kick someone in the face? Okay. With, like, his Whatever. eyes. Do you see his eyes? So good. It He's meant, too good for this world. His, That's why he had to go to prison. We were, were not worthy of him. His voice, it, the 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 way that he talks is just so cool and so funny and and like witty and like different and it's and so entertaining. More than anything else, it is entertaining. And God, he's so good at martial arts. I wish at any point in my life I've ever had as much fun doing anything as it looks like he's having fun doing this movie. I, you know, if you told me that he was actually the the director of this movie, I might believe you. Just because <laughs> it looks like it's a Wesley Snipes vehicle, even though he's only in it uh, for not quite as long as, obviously, Stallone and Sandra Bullock. But, boy, he's just, like, lights out in this movie. Every time he comes on screen, you sit up in your chair like, okay, okay, we're doing this now. Good. Like, he goes into that, like, confessional, and there's a rule in the future. We'll, we'll get into the plot in a bit about how you're not allowed to swear. So he says, where's the damn thing? And it finds him. It says, if I, he just immediately says, fuck you. <laughs> when he gets out of stasis and he starts speaking in Spanish for some reason, there's never a reason why. That's just so funny. <laughs> I, this might be one of my favorite movies we've done for the show, if we're being honest. Like, it's probably top five it's it's got to be up i mean it's no dunkirk but it's really good i mean this is uh what do you dunkirk didn't have anyone named simon phoenix so <laughs> checkmate uh well we might as well get into the names wesley snipes plays simon phoenix real name and uh well fake name it's oh my character. god and Dude, when uh, we find out sylvester stallone's name, name john spartan <laughs> i fucking scream laughed because <laughs> like they don't introduce him <laughs> and then they're like they're gonna put him in cryosleep john spartan you are hereby guilty <laughs> i just started cackling it's yeah that's exactly what i alerted to i thought that was hilarious it kind of reminds you of that uh one video game where you play like a super soldier i think it was like half-life or something and it's a spartan I'm thing and i'm uh... fine i'm cool <laughs> So, You're not going to distract me from saying that Benjamin Bratt's name is Alfredo Garcia. This movie is incredible. Oh, that's such a shitty reference to bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. Good movie, by the way. You should watch. 
Um, now sounds like a book. What, what did you say the actor's name was? Isn't it Benjamin Bratt? N- no, that's dude. That was Ronaldo. Oh. Did you see Cristiano Ronaldo, the soccer player? <laughs> Would have been like twelve at the time this movie came out. I'm obviously <laughs> joking, but dude, look up Cristiano Ronaldo. He looks identical to this fucking guy. <laughs> the entire time I was like, dude, it's Ronaldo. He's going to score at least two goals in this movie. <laughs> Speaking of scoring goals, can we discuss why in the very opening scene, Wesley Snipes is wearing Beetlejuice's pants? <laughs> because they were black and white vertical stripes. You do realize I'm wearing my Zubas right now. <laughs> oh, you're a treasure. I like how you're on brand even when I can't see you. <laughs> Of course I am. This gets me in the mood. So in the opening scene, uh, John Spartan is chasing Simon Phoenix. You're supposed to believe all this. And one of the things I like about this movie is that he hits everything. This movie is very much like uh, a song. And by that, I mean it hits a lot of different notes. And the opening scene itself is like a light motif. There's like so, and not in the way that it's like thematic or anything like that. I just mean that there is like a bunch of different notes for different purposes that they're trying to play. First of all, it establishes this is going to be an action movie. All right, this is what you're going to have to put up with. This is, you know, a crime thriller sort of thing. Uh, A big, strong hero guy chasing the psychotic bad guy sort of thing. We're going to do that. But it's also cheesy as hell. And in a way that it's very much a Stallone movie sort of cheesy. And, boy, it's fun as hell to watch. Like, my favorite thing is that one thing that this movie does well, better than it knows, in fact, is kind of screwing up one-liners. Like, we'll get to that in a bit, which, of course, comes to one of my favorite lines of all time in any movie. But for this one, it's like he's he has the place, uh, you know, doused in gasoline, and he could just light a fire and just... Uh, totally light up Sylvester Stallone and he says is it cold in here or is it just me and it's just like that doesn't quite work <laughs> as well because you're going to set it on fire but it's like yeah he's, like, oh, he's going to warm it up or something like that I was like yeah but you could just do a better one like I'm just bring in Arnold Schwarzenegger to punch up the script but we'll get to him later oh god will we ever uh anyway so the I just want to set the scene yeah, with this okay. opening scene yeah, go for here. it because I remember you know this used to be on cable all the time. I remember like, oh, it's a fun, dumb action movie. What I was not prepared for was a close-up of Sylvester Stallone saying, <clears throat> send a maniac to catch one, and then bungee jumping out of a helicopter while screaming, Phoenix! And then murdering everyone <laughs> on the rooftop. <laughs> it is the best opening scene in any movie. It reminded me, unfortunately, of the opening to Running Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was just awesome. like, uh-oh, I've seen this before. This ain't going to end well. <laughs> no, but he fires. He fires on so many people. Yeah, he does. He's fucking bungees out of a helicopter. Yeah, so he gets he gets down there, and he's just like, okay, i got to save like 20 to 30 people. It's not really set, like how many, what, 38, I think it's the max? <laughs> it I think matter. the figure keeps changing, which is perhaps for the best maybe we'll change to zero at one point mm-hmm. anyway uh he captures simon phoenix but is <laughs> a, but when they're captured he's like oh yeah all those 30 people are dead he said he didn't care blah 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 this that the other thing and so uh i guess they both get like cryo frozen like ted williams <laughs> shit <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> do you think they're sitting right next to dr freeze from batman and robin <laughs> oh shared universe yeah oh god willing oh my god could you imagine can you imagine barbara gordon 
<laughs> going up there, I have to save my grandfather. Hey, Uncle Alfred. <laughs> Back from jolly old England. <laughs> That's poor Dick Grayson. is just chafing his untouched dick. Just begging. <laughs> Just, he's just dunking it in the gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> because no one fucks in the future in this movie. Don't, so don't remind in, me. In 2032, oh. just, just grinding against any soft couch you can find, begging for release. Now, while they're wearing this Max Headroom horse shit. <laughs> so, just fucking just touch it, Sandra. <laughs> just I'm fucking blind. <laughs> <laughs> So it's the future. This movie's really good. Yeah, it's the future. <laughs> They're both frozen for a long time, and uh, neither one of them seems to be very happy about it. So it's 2032, and Sandra Pollock is a cop. I'll let you guys stop laughing. And uh, <laughs> the movie continues. She's driving one of the self-driving cars. Now, one of the things this movie does really well is its portrayal of the future. Not so much that it's realistic, but it, it's kind of like portraying the future as a joke. But also kind of serious in a way. Like, again, you got to read the book Dangerous Visions. There's so many great stories in there. And this is one of the ones where it's like, this could have been a really good comedy. Because a lot of people see this as just an action movie. This, to me, is it's so satirical that it really should be considered more of a comedy, in fact. I, I just think it's so funny. Like, well, like, she has her desk with all of her 90s artifacts, including a Lethal Weapon 3 poster and an Oakland Raiders helmet. That's good. That's so but good. the one that really gets me is just the way that people talk. And that was really perceptive by the filmmakers. It's like 2032, people are going to be speaking differently, not just acting differently, you know, or well, the ones that they're always dressing differently, or everyone's always just, like dressing in tinfoil. Jedi robes. Yeah, it's like, come on, you could do a little bit better than that. So it's like, it's just the way that they talk is so much more different. It's like, yeah, it's a little bit more robotic and stuff like that. But like, it, it just shows that like they're putting in the effort to be like, okay, people are going to, you know, they're going to be different, not just, you know, dress different or eat different, you know? So I like that. Uh, the other thing is, I think I've made a lot of Sandra Bullock jokes in the past. I've never really been a humongous fan of her. I thought that her getting nominated for the Oscar in Blindside was like, you know, kind of crappy. I thought that the, uh, I think the guy who played Michael Orr in that movie should have gotten nominated. He was a better offensive lineman than Michael Orr was in her life. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not a huge Sandra Bullock fan. Dude, in this movie, she's a riot. She, she's Good one of the hell. funniest people in the movie. Our friend Alex pointed out, imagine being her and getting to do this and Speed in the same year. Oh my god, Speed I would retire from acting. By the way, future episode, you better believe it. Oh, well, as if people don't already know about that. We've all seen that a million <laughs> times. I have no idea what it's about. Anyway. Speed to Chris for control. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh yeah, no. Son. Oh no. Anyway, uh, she's a lot of fun, and it also has, uh, who's the bad guy from Shawshank Redemption? Oh, fuck, I had his name. I would not be surprised if that was his birth name. (laughs) Because that's who and what he is. I think he was also, like, the Dean and Flubber. Oh, my God, that's a fucking pull. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, jeez, why do I remember Flubber? My cousins were into it. That movie sucks. Anyway, uh, so he looks like Eric von Stroheim in this movie. (laughs) Dresses like, uh, you know, he dresses like fearless leader for Rocky and Bullwinkle. (laughs) Uh, Except he has glasses instead of, you know, the the one monocle. Uh, And it also has... 
this evil German man gives him Spartan's choice. <laughs> Shut up. And uh, <laughs> totally so he's like the leader of the police you. to some extent. And uh, Sandra Bullock is a cop who wishes more exciting things would happen. So she's a Disney princess. Uh, Rob <laughs> Schneider is in the movie. And so is Cristiano Ronaldo as another officer. So they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, let's uh, parole this uh, Simon Phoenix, (laughs) who, as soon as he's unfrozen, starts speaking fluent Spanish, which is so entertaining. Then he just murks all the guards. Uh, I I had to think about why he knew the password to get out of his restraints. Mm -hmm. Turns out he was implanted with the code from the main bad guy was played by Nigel Hawthorne and uh, he kills a guy and plucks out his eye <clears throat> say the line I know you want to say the line I don't remember what it was he looks in the camera and says Simon says die I don't remember the greatest that. movie in history oh man I, I forgot about I know that. you listen to Giant Bomb there is no way this is not one of Dan Riker's top five movies <laughs> He must have seen this a thousand times. This is a great movie. It's uh, so good. The, the, the eyeball scene is not gory, but this is an R-rated movie, so they could have probably gone a little bit gory. It would have kind of killed it, though. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this, he kills three people, but no, no, no. He doesn't kill them. He murder-death kills them. And <laughs> I don't movie... mean, like, oh, I'm going over the top. No, the movie uses the terminology murder-death-kill. At some point, they start using it with a straight face. <laughs> They start saying MDKs. They start this calling him the murder me. death killer. I, this movie gives me so many joy joy feelings. As, <laughs> <laughs> which again, that that is one of the ways that this movie uh, does a good job portraying the future. I just watched the Mystery Science Theater three thousand episode. Of course, I did. Uh, really? Which they use the term uh, quality a lot. It is filled with quality. <laughs> and it's like well, the other one is like. Again, it's like this movie kind of gets people. It gets people in, in you know the way that they consume. So there's a there's a phone booth, right? And this phone <laughs> you booth, this down too. <laughs> yeah, the phone booth is all about delivering uh, ego boosts. And the guys like, yeah, I just don't feel like I'm good enough. The thing is, is, you are very good. You give people happy joy joy feelings all the time. And the guy walks away with a smile on his mug. And I'm just like, what in the world? Except that makes sense. It totally makes <laughs> I, sense. It's I want to live in this world where you dress in Jedi robes and a computer tells you how cool and smart you are. The only other way that it would be more realistic if it told people, yes, you suffer you suffer more than anyone else and you're so strong and brave because of it because that's what really what people want to hear you combine that with the hologram from blade runner 2049 never leaving that house exactly non-stop comes (laughs) so in this world there's a lot of rules uh you are not allowed to swear every single time you swear you hear in the background and a little paper gets printed up and you are fined credits for saying cuss words this is really funny because the movie is decently consistent with this. So at some point, it, it's just a little background noise that you barely even <laughs> notice anymore, which is perfect. They don't even acknowledge it. Like an hour in, you sure. <laughs> it's so good. I, I think one of my favorite parts is when they just start cussing, it just starts printing out more and more and more. Of them. That's really good. Uh, what were all the things that they banned? I Let, let me look up the quotes here. Uh, Man, you want to talk about a movie giving terrible exposition. At one point, someone she goes, "You see, John, we've become a society of peace." Oh. <laughs> word for word. Uh, yeah, that's that is a uh, kind of 
not great writing. But when she says, uh, she's like, so smoking is not good for you. And it's been deemed that anything that is not good for you is bad, hence illegal. Alcohol, caffeine, contact sports, meat, bad language, chocolate, gasoline, uneducational toys, and anything spicy. Abortion's also illegal, but then again, so is pregnancy if you don't have a license. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I'm almost on board with that last part there. <laughs> you know what? Maybe Demolition Man was sort of right. Yeah. <laughs> but when they said no contact sports, how am I allowed to wrestle? <laughs> I need to wrap my thighs around something, man. I need to really just assert my dominance. Yeah, well, you know, that's pretty important. How am I supposed to watch WrestleMania in 2032? <laughs> Is that the wrestling he meant? Uh, for... It's the grandest stage of them all with the real superstars. <laughs> you can't no, get more physical real. than jumping off a ladder, Christopher. Sure. Um, it's real and it's cool. They're my friends. Anyway, they revive John Spartan <laughs> from the freeze tank, which obviously a ripoff of Austin Powers. And uh... <laughs> Oh, good. You thought the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, he recovers pretty quickly from all that. And uh, they tell him, <laughs> this was probably unintentionally funny, they tell him, uh, yeah, your wife is dead. She died in an earthquake. Anyway, we need you to go uh, catch this one bad guy. He's like, Phoenix. <laughs> That's his focus for the entire movie. The wife comes up once more. By the way, it's actually really cool that the plot of this movie is that the hero LAPD cop who beats the shit out of everyone needs to be brought back so we can stop this black dude. <laughs> Yeah. Movies are cool. Yeah, so they're like, yeah, you're going to do it. The <laughs> Eric von Stroheim is not <laughs> amused at this hooligan. He's very much playing the bad guy, no, the antagonist in a Robin Williams movie. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's like He's playing the snooty dean who will not put up with this freewheeling professor. You are most unorthodox and your methods are certainly uncouth. So the way of doing things here at Harvard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I expect these pies to be untouched by tomorrow morn. So, <laughs> you know. It's been a fortnight since we had any shenanigans before you came along. <laughs> so he doesn't use Why? that voice, but it's basically the attitude that they're going Close with. Close enough. Yeah. So uh, he's like, yeah. Like this movie's subtle. <laughs> so let's uh, go after this guy. What would he do? He's like, you know, first thing he's going to do is he's going to want to get a gun and shoot up the place. He's like, oh, there's no guns besides the museum. He's like, well, let's go to the museum. God, fucking Wesley <laughs> Snipes in this museum? The movie could have been an hour longer just with that scene. I would have been into it, man. Absolutely. Every single time he's on screen, the movie's instantly 10 out of 10. Yeah, every single time he's there, I've just, like, wrapped attention, you know, put my phone down, you know, you know, tell the cat to stop meowing, you know, I'm, I'm watching this. It's This is a big deal when he's on screen. So he, he gets a gun, and the way that he gets it, like, when he punches the glass and he hurts his hand, <laughs> that's some Three Stooges-ass shit right there. <laughs> he just grabs that dude by the head. Oh Which, God. physically, don't think it makes sense. I don't think he'd be able to pull it up. But it's Wesley Snipes, I'm sure. Yeah, you tell somewhere. Wesley Snipes he can't do something. He'll get Blade Trinity, oh, so man. try that out. All the guns he has. Oh, it was CG. so badass. And then John Spartan, and I'm not even mad at the name anymore, comes in there to shoot so out good. Simon Phoenix. Oh, I'm still mad at that one. And they, they're just, like, <laughs> shooting stuff you? around. I have to admit, the plasma gun sort of thing that Simon Phoenix has, I would say not badass. They tried <laughs> to make it so, but it didn't work. Uh, and, and then, like, when they crash land, you see that, like, that, oh, it's a freeze of L.A. or whatever back during the earthquake or something like that. That was pretty cool. Oh, man, like, the, that whole, like, kung fu sequence was really awesome. 
I loved every second of them on screen together. I wish, like, I love that it's a cat and mouse thing, but just imagine them just in a room arguing for two hours and then occasionally fighting. Man, no, this is a movie. This is a movie. Once you get all that, you're like, yeah, man, I am into it. Uh, what happens next? Um, well, the next thing I have in my note is I need you to explain the seashells to me. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> we really shouldn't miss this scene because if you're a fan of this movie, and it is a kind of a cult movie, everyone likes to talk about the damn three seashells. So this does lead into, you know, the thing that everyone likes to talk about, oh, how to use the three seashells. For me, I only focus on this. It leads to a really good punchline. Uh, <laughs> John Spartan goes to the bathroom because he was in stasis for 32 years with his with his thoughts, yeah. which, by no, the way, we, which drive me insane. Awesome like, yeah, okay. You have to pee. Yeah, he'd have to use the bathroom, and uh, every once in a while he'd need a little butt wipe. And uh, instead of toilet paper, all he has are seashells. Uh, three seashells there. And uh, everyone's laughing at him for not knowing how to do it. First of all, the man stood up with shit sprayed all over his cheeks still. So he's just walking up to you. The entire precinct stands and points and laughs at Sylvester Stallone for not knowing how to wipe his ass. Like, if I was Sylvester Stallone and Rob Schneider started laughing at me, a fucking switch would flip in my head and I'd have to be pulled off set. I would freak out. So just Judge Dredd, I guess? Anyway. Uh, he Man, forgot he was in that, <laughs> yeah, oh, fantastic. Well, back-to-back with Dredd. Anyway, um, so how would you use the three seashells to wipe your ass? I mean, it's got to be like a clamping motion, right? Yeah, kinda, use two to like, like a claw machine, out. pull out all the excess, like the little That's... shy ones, and then like use the other That's... one to scrape away. That seems very uncomfortable. Now, imagine if you're me and you got like an extremely big ass, really muscular from all the milk squats I've been doing for Mark Rippletoad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I would just use uh, three to scrape and ask the guy next to me for uh, some spare skis. <laughs> Hey, loser, give me your seashells. <laughs> oh, jeez, again, mister. We yeah, can talk man. about the Han Solo movie. Yeah, that's what I get for going to Moe's, right? Give me. <laughs> <laughs> Beating up kids on the playground with their seashells. Now, it's never made clear how they clean these things, so probably the less said the better. Anyway, it all goes to a really good punchline where he goes up to the... Let's call it what it is the the electronic swear jar, and uh, he just starts cussing it out and gets like a whole bunch of those papers and uses them to wipe his ass. I was like, that's a really good punchline. It's like it's well thought out and it's funny. You know, it hits. You know, so did you read fan. the trivia for how he came up with the seashells? Yeah, that's a pretty good that's one. There, it's like, yeah, I couldn't think of a good one for the future. I called my friends, like, yeah, I got a bag of seashells on my toilet. It's like a decoration. Like, I'll make it work. I'll just integrate this into our future society. And then he scraped the doo-doo out with it. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be $100 million, please. You know, Man, the 80s must have been cool as hell. He deserved it. Uh, anyway, there's also a secret underground force that's rebelling against this toxic futuristic society led by Dennis Leary, who likes to go on rants about teenage malt shops oh and God, uh, teenage rant. Frankensteins and teenage escape artists and teenage artichokes. Hey, just riff, baby. <laughs> Which at one point he does. Uh, wait, I, I let me see if I can if I can pull it off. Let me see. It was a cigar. Here it goes. Remember to take a deep breath. Okay. 
You got that right. See, according to Cocteau's plan, I'm the enemy, because I like to think. I like to read. I'm in a freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy who wants to sit in a greasy spoon and think, gee, should I have the T-bone steak or the jumbo rack of barbecued ribs with a side order of gravy fries? I want high cholesterol. I want bacon, butter, and buckets of cheese, okay? I want to smoke a Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because I might suddenly feel the need to, okay, pal? I've seen the future. You know what it is? It's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his beige pajamas, drinking a banana broccoli shake, saying, I'm an Oscar Mayer winner. You want to live on top, you gotta live Octo's way. What he wants, when he wants, how he wants. Your other choice, come down here, maybe starve to death. I think I said I it really like half as that. fast as he did. I appreciate you giving me that break to eat more food. That was very nice of you. Uh, well, you know, I thought it was uh, the least I could do. It, it really owns that a bunch of Magachas watch that speech. They're like, yeah, the right man. We're all a bunch of pussies now. Not like Dennis Leary. Can take my alpha brain, do some self talk. Fucking gonna, libs are trying to control I'm us. Break Wesley Snipes out of cryosleep to own the libs. <laughs> the liberals won't let me say the N word. We're so oppressed. <laughs> the lib cooks won't let me jack off in the streets. I might have this. I might have this sudden uh, urge to hurl out, you know, trans bigotry. <laughs> I'm stealing Bill Hicks's routine to own the libs again. <laughs> Suck my dick, Dennis Leary. If you won't let me shit my diaper in public to own the libs, then you're just another fascist. <laughs> Uh-oh, I need more seashells because I poop my diaper. <laughs> What's wrong? Are you triggered? You safe space? <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is San Angeles is a giant safe space, and we need a strong man like John Spartan San to Angeles. uncuck these libs. Now, what does happen after all that? Like, I we mentioned the secret society because Dennis Leary comes back later on, but I, I don't remember what the transition is. Well, we got the. Oh yeah, he gets so he gets away, Mad right? Max game. Yeah, he gets so he gets away from uh, uh, from John Spartan, and he comes across Cocteau. Uh, who's played by Nigel Hawthorne. And uh, it's not actually played by Tim Curry, but I keep thinking of Nigel Hawthorne. It could be, though. Anyway, it could be played by just about anyone. It could have been played by Nancy Cartwright. would have worked. Anyway, um, so turns out that Nigel Hawthorne, which is better than Cocteau, uh, he's the one who unfroze this uh, this awful Wesley Snipes character and said you're going to use he's going to use him to kill Dennis Leary which is uh, as far as ideas go not bad and it seems like he's going to get away from it anyway they uh, the police let him escape and are rewarded for their heroism a parenthesis question mark uh, by getting invited (laughs) to dinner at Taco Bell oh hell yes yes yeah I want to talk about the franchise wars for the next five hours (laughs) now first of all for the franchise wars, history's written by the winners, they say, but <laughs> I have to admit, I'm kind of on the side of Taco Bell in these skirmishes. I would I have mean, definitely triple supported. Triple steak stack. Checkmate. Done. I mean, yeah. Taco Bell wins. <laughs> they put Doritos in taco shells, Chris. Listen, by the way, this never... But the opening salvo in the franchise war. Never let our bad friend Alex order Taco Bell for you. <laughs> he almost made one of my friends get a, a Crunchwrap Supreme with double sour cream and no meat. <laughs> <laughs> he, you saw that, right? almost no meat all left in your tacos. <laughs> That's the most diabolical thing I've ever heard. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Only Alex could find something so deceptive and cruel to do so. I know. I love Crunchwrap so much. And he decided Imagine to... biting into Crunchwrap. It's just fucking sour cream. Sour Remember cream. He told me he, does, he can't slices, eat sour cream. So he lettuce and tomato chunks. 
Oh my god. <laughs> he is human garbage. Can you, be the, That's why he's can you imagine the, the person making it? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I'm not legally allowed to make that. Sir, can we talk to the manager? <laughs> anyway, uh, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, who else is going to win? It's not going to be Jack of the Box. It's not going to be Burger oh, King. They, I mean, that royalty seated the maybe throne Wendy's a while ago. Maybe can make some more woke tweets. Uh, I would have given a small chance to Panda Express, but, you know, that's just fair. hold up. Man, I have a Taco Bell right next to Panda Express where I live. Oh, man. It's real good. You imagine Life is okay sometimes. Chicken? Oh, God. I ate so much orange chicken last night. Daddy. I got the Hershey Sports still. Oh, you got to go for I've it. I've gone through so many seashells, dude. <laughs> But the only other one who would challenge them would be McDonald's. Let me tell you something right now. I gotta go with the bell. I mean, yeah. I mean, Taco Bell for life. The variety is just... I, you, Christopher, you embody the Lip Moss lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I also embody the Gorilla lifestyle, so it's a lot of lifestyles. <laughs> I practice self-talk and I just double fist quesadillas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eating another stacker to own the cucks. Anyway, so now she says now every restaurant is Taco Bell. And I imagine the audience is supposed to be like, oh, no, how horrible. If there were no other restaurants besides Taco Bell, I'm like. Meanwhile, I'm doing the Birdman hand ringing like, fuck, yeah, let's go, baby. <laughs> Put me in cryo They got a guy playing over. piano there. She's wearing a 40-pound dress made of rocks. This movie is so good. You guys. Oh, that reminds me. We forgot to mention I, I my personal pick for best line in the movie she doesn't know how to do the Schwarzenegger, uh, uh, you know, like like single line or whatever, a one liner. Yeah. Uh, let me let me see this. He's like, he's finally matched his meat. You really <laughs> licked his ass. <laughs> the, the way that she see the way I say it is not as funny as the way that she says it. Like she destroys it. She has the most perfect line read for you really licked his ass <laughs> she's so fucking good in this movie yeah she is hysterical like in a movie with stallone and wesley snipes like how many women would you would they just throw in like think of the running man like you mentioned like oh she can't even really speak english yeah, just throw in there it's fine oh you know who actually was the original person oh who Lori petty no thank you you know who that is right Vaguely. So think about A League of Their Own. She's the little sister. Oh, no. And she was also uh, Tank Girl. Oh, Jesus. Probably a future episode. So the, No, no, no. If we do He's it. He's a you, kangaroo man, Chris. You do realize that if we do it, Alex will force me to do it. It'll just start with her dragging me by my tie up to the microphone and saying, no, no, we have to talk about this. I'm writing it down. I think she's a fan of the aesthetic in the in the comic book, but uh, I'm a fan of Ice T as a kangaroo monster. <laughs> I've seen that movie. I've I've been to the valley. I know how I've awful lived that fucking it. movie is. Um, you know, it's directed so that's by a woman. Your favorite one. Yeah. Anyway, that explains uh, everything. Am I right, fellas? I mean, can you imagine Forty six minutes. Voice. Star Wars: The Way It's Meant to Be Seen. Catch it, <laughs> Lori. <laughs> Lori Petty delivering that joke. I somehow I can't take her seriously as a cop. <laughs> So that's your favorite line, but mine has to be, you're going to regret this the rest of your life. Both seconds of it. Uh, that was all right. That was, that was uh, not so bad. shitty, and I love it. Um, th- there's another after one. after the Taco Bell scene, we have the really shitty Mad Max gang show up from the sewers. Oh, you didn't like those guys? Oh, I love them. I love their, <laughs> like, all right, so people either wear Jedi robes 
or Sylvester's going to wear this sleeveless kimono for a while, and they're just going to dress like Thunderdome. Well, whoever did the art, the costume in this movie, give them a raise. It's so good. Oh man, I. I love the way that it looked. It was uh, totally fine, you know. But, you know, what really gets me is uh, that it's trying to play this mystery up, you know. But you already know what's going on. It's taken the, you know, the main people a while to figure it out while everything else is going on in the background. It's kind of starting to bug me at certain parts of the movie. It's not handled poorly or anything. Like, I'm not taking points off for it. But I think the movie could have been a little more. need to be two hours? Yeah, that's... Okay, that's a big one, too. It's about this point where we're pretty much figuring out that the the guy in charge wants to get rid of all these durst gro- eh, grody people who are fucking up his perfect world. Yeah. Isn't that the plot of Hot Fuzz? <laughs> oh, wait, that's a good that point. hit me like, oh, wait a second. Shit. Wait a second. And you know Edgar Wright's seen this movie a hundred times. Yeah. Well, we have more important stuff to get to. So, uh, John Spartan. Oh, is it, is it the sex scene? Yeah, okay, it is the sex scene. Uh... So he beats I'm up all this. Virgin. I have never hunk a chunk it in my life, and I never will. <laughs> I forgot how much I loved that line. That's that, that was really, that whole scene's really good. So first of all, he takes her back, and she says, "Okay, so you know, there's a connection between sex and violence." I'm like, "Is she really?" And he's like, "So uh, I would like to ask you, uh, would you like to have sex with me?" And I have to admit, like, the way that Sandra Bullock says it, she sounds adorable when she says it. She's like, oh, okay. And the way, his reaction to it is also perfect. You remember his reaction, right? He does the back and forth eye thing for, like, a solid four seconds. He's like, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Taken aback, like, oh, I mean, I guess, yeah, sure. I think my favorite, if you could just, like, gif that scene where she just says, I would... You know, would you like to have sex with me? He just darts eyes left, eyes right, eyes left, eyes right, eyes you left. Really played eyes back, right, bro. Eyes it's left. So good. Uh, really? Yeah. If he had a monocle, it would have popped up. <laughs> <laughs> I say. Good heavens! Hunk a chunka uh, in this environment. <laughs> Use those three seashells on her ass. Anyway, uh, so he sits down. And he's like, well, love boat. Oh, all right. and he, he sniffs his own breath and be like, really? Me? Okay. <laughs> she sits down with like a VR thing and she's like, oh, it's put down. This is sex. He's like, all right. So they start playing Virtual Boy. And uh, actually, maybe it's more like Virtual Lad because uh, I got to tell you, this is the worst sex scene I've seen since I spit on your grave. It's... Jesus so, Christ. <laughs> we were all having a good time here. <laughs> I should not have said that. Uh, the good news is hopefully no one who listens to this podcast has seen that movie besides you and I. I need you to enhance your calm. <laughs> this is absurd. I'm sorry. Uh, do you need a hurtful re- uh, retraction? <laughs> oh, God. More than anything. Yeah. Anyway, so that whole like sequence is like, that could give a guy epilepsy. <laughs> and you can tell John is not enjoying it. He is not. This is not what he signed up for. I guess. I don't know, Huxley. He, Huxley may be getting close, but he's just like, whoa. Uh, uh, get off my dick. He's feeling it, and he's just looking like, am I, am I dying? Why does everything taste like copper? Oh, Jesus. At that point, why don't, why don't you do, like, at that point, you could have sex with a guy, and it'd be okay. I just saw uh, uh, 
Brokeback Mountain, so I'm kind of woke now. Just hope you're prepared for all my takes. So I'm just saying, why wasn't there a sex scene between Eric von Stroheim and uh, Rob Schneider? That's a fair point, actually. It is. Rob Schneider should get butt-fucked in more movies. Yes. I've been saying that since, like, 95. Yeah. Anyway. Ever since making coffee, he's like, man, I just want something to drill It's like this in Brokeback Mountain. They, they have sex in the first act, and it's not a good sex scene. It don't, a, it doesn't look good, and B, there's, like, no chemistry between the actors at that point, and there's no real reason well, for them to have sex. I'll be honest. To stay warm. I saw it once when I was really young and immature, and when he spit in his hand, I laughed really hard. <laughs> and that's my takeaway from that movie. I bet you did. Anyway. What about your love story? Doesn't matter. This is going to be my running joke for six months. Oh, yeah. He lo- Why won't anyone talk to me? Oh, yeah. He loves his daughter. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Boring. Yeah. So he... <laughs> When he actually, I gotta admit, it was pretty fucking smooth when he went up to her and tried to kiss her. She's like, "What are you doing? Breaking the law." I thought that was a great line. I'm gonna have to try that in the future when they outlaw sex. When she says that sex is illegal, I started to like get the shakes. Finally, the neat uprising has begun. It was written in the Bible, Chris. The neat shall inherit the earth. In San Angeles, baby. Oh, man. Sex having is illegal. Could you imagine if they made horror Being movies illegal? Being a Chad illegal? is outlaw. You are the coming man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy my family doesn't listen to this. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. No, I, can you imagine if I watched uh, Brokeback Mountain and my dad came home at that moment? Because I watched it at home. <laughs> Can you imagine just go, what? Yep, what? that's me. I wonder how I got myself into this jam. <laughs> Dad, it's a western. It's uh, a, no, they they just really like each other. You know, Heath Ledger actually broke his nose. He kissed him so hard. <laughs> they're fire. They're out of kindling. How would you stay warm? Look, Dad, they can't stay warm with the sheep. In order to get the wool, you have to shear them. And, uh, yeah, so he spit at his hand and... Yeah, you just falling. Dad, it's like a warm glove. Dad, okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, it's like when Liam Neeson's told Batman to rub his chest and, like, the warmth will spread to your body. He's rubbing, they're rubbing each other's chest while holding each other super close. Kind of like in the movie Sidekicks. Yeah. Sorry, that was a specific <laughs> scene that I remember. I Chuck Norris. So, anyway. Uh, Future episode. <laughs> I'm going to make you watch it. You will watch that movie. It's got Jonathan Brandis. It's like, it's like, fine, Chris. You don't have to see Infinity we War. Are we're very, watching Under Siege. We are very off track right now. So one of the things <laughs> I like about this movie is not to spoil anything here, but uh, they do not have actual S-E-X. They never actually do it. They never do the hunk and phone. The entire time, they're actually focused on uh, solving this crime and just like, getting the bad guy and in an r-rated movie with someone as beautiful as uh what's her name sylvester stallone and someone <laughs> as uh funny as sandra bullock you'd really think that at some point they would hook up i don't even think they kiss in this movie do they at the very very end oh because it's illegal oh yeah i looked away anyway yeah it was disgusting <laughs> it was really I gross speaking of me saying home like that uh, i have to get back to broke back bound because i could do a really good impression of Heath Ledger in that movie <laughs> My impression's still going. You're getting off listen. track, and then you start talking about Brokeback Mountain. Jesus Christ! Well, Jake Gyllenhaal Hall's got dashes better than Maggie's. Anyway, I mean, so yeah. in the next scene. <laughs> 
uh, it gets kind of a uh, Blade Runner-ish. He goes to see the bad guy where he you know, <laughs> oh illuminates God, the lights and right. de-illuminates them, and he gets his own set of bad guys, which is... I can't believe I'm saying this. It's like in Transformers The Last Night where the Hell guy yeah, gets bitch. a set of bad Transformers, yeah. I mean Decepticons, from prison. Yeah, he remembered! Oh, I'm so happy. What was the, the what, <laughs> what were their names? <laughs> the only one I remember is Nitro Zeus, because I almost walked out of the theater. <laughs> so fucking. There was angry. one of the there was one of the Decepticons named like Obliteratrix or something. <laughs> it's one of the, you mean one of the ones with the gold chain in prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the Nitro Zeus. Now, did my eyes deceive me? Or was his, like, second-in-command heavy? Was that Jesse Ventura? Uh, I believe it was, and you also missed a small scene of uh, Jack Black was in it. How do you not give Jesse Ventura lines? Well, it's the only failure of this movie. Yeah, well, you know, you can't give him everything. But then Jesse Ventura shot the guy to death, and then they heave-hoed his corpse into a fireplace. So you know what? (laughs) Still ten stars. (laughs) It was was a lot of fun. Uh, I will admit that. Uh, you're gonna have to take over here because for me it kind of got jumbled a bit here. I think the third act is is either the weakest or the strongest. Um, it's definitely it's where the, the best weakest, action is. I think it's it's the weakest until the the line of this movie, the moment. So let me summarize the third act for you. It's an '80s action movie. They chase each other. They show down. They fight. The good guy wins. But Chris, you might be asking yourself. How does he vanquish the mighty Simon Phoenix once and for all? <laughs> well, you see, through a bunch of various shenanigans, he freezes Simon Phoenix, right? Yeah. You know, like how they were in cryosleep before. He jumps up on this rotating platform, <laughs> spins around. This is very much like a video game. He screams heads up and kicks <laughs> his frozen head off. And it shatters, too. It's bloody I, as shit. Stood up and applauded alone in my apartment. It was beautiful. I cried. I was moved to tears. I didn't think he would actually kick his fucking head off of his body. But as it was happening, I said out loud, "It'd be really funny if he kick." And then he did it. <laughs> now I I'm reminded. Now that's a great one liner there. Uh, another one is like again, Sandra Bullock screwing him up is so funny to me, especially when she says, "All right, let's go blow this guy." <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm immediately reminded of uh, of uh, I fucking know what's it called the 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 Decepticals in uh, fucking Risky <laughs> Dingo is like I'm gonna punch him so freaking hard yeah I'm gonna kick his ass I'm gonna blow him up what <laughs> queers is it gay that I want to hunk a chunk new fat Mike <laughs> <laughs> oh shit yeah so that's all great but. We are missing, like, the one line where it's so simple and, like, so, like, anyone would have laughed at it. But I just know that when I was, like, 11 years old, hell, if I was, like, 3 years old, I would have thought it was the funniest line in the entire movie. Like, I would have got, let's go blow this guy or uh, you really licked his ass or something like that. I think (laughs) one of the most underrated lines in the movie, I just think it was so funny. It's just like, you can't just do that. Violence isn't the answer. Okay, well, sometimes it is, but... (laughs) (laughs) This movie is so much funnier than it is any right to be, because so many of these 80s movies 
aren't they're funny but not on purpose and like it's so many of these science fiction movies like i've watched enough mystery science theater 3000 to see like in the future sort of things and a lot of them do not go that well i mean we've seen lost in space remember that fucking thing oh, man. So all these movies not a like, future episode. in the future things will be different it's just like this one really plays up the satire it's like we are trying to be funny here you know and they do a really good job. It's not just like, oh, people will talk different. There's like, one of the undercurrents of this movie is uh, people being be- too beholden to things like corporations, like Taco Bell is a big one. Uh, one of the ones that, you know, I think a lot of people who are fans of this movie say, and they get wrong about it, is they say that it makes fun of, uh, was it politically correct, uh, you know, natures of people and how in the future everything has to be politically correct. I don't think the movie actually does that, but I think what the movie does instead is kind of mock the way that we're sort of trending at times. And the movie did end up being somewhat prophetic in a couple of ways. You know, I think that, uh, you know, freedom is not quite what it could be over here. But then you also have like the radicals who are just trying way too hard to, you know, have, you know, pure freedom all the time, man, sort of thing. And it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, in the 1980s, you see, you would think like, Oh, yeah, really. Like, Dennis Leary's going to lead this group of chuds. Then you get to 2018, it's like, yeah, that makes a ton of sense, actually. Yeah, well, it's that's either one. him or fucking Jordan Peterson or Mike Cernovich. <laughs> I think the other one... Ben Shapiro, who's four foot eleven, can lead the charge against these goddamn colleges. Why not Dennis Leary and his people in football pads? Hey, you know, the other thing is... Uh, you kind of are on the sides of the new cops, even though that they're mostly ineffectual and weak, is that you realize that John Spartan really is a violent motherfucker. And uh, he, you have to wonder, do you want a cop like that? Oh, if he's going to protect you. The movie never really makes clear that he's like, yeah, I'm here to protect this history. It's more like, yeah, he's here to kick Wesley Snipes' ass. You know? When they pull up the file, it's just videos of him beating the shit out of people. Which, oh, that's another really fucking great line. Oh, my God. When he saves that little girl from the shopping mall, and uh, that fucking (laughs) reporter has the unmitigated audacity to ask, like, how could you justify destroying a multi-million dollar mall just to save a girl whose ransom was only $25,000? And the girl just answers, fuck you, lady. And John John Spartan in the background says, good answer (laughs) like i think my biggest surprise at this movie was i assumed that sylvester stallone wouldn't be in on the joke i don't know why i didn't give him credit at all probably because i've seen most of his other movies but like he gets it and he's rolling with it 100 percent, and it works so well boy he is like it's never over the top he's never like winking at it never reaches the expendables it's like hey guys isn't this crazy that we're in this movie the other thing is hey you you were also in movies with me i remember you the other thing that's important is the casting's really good uh eric von stroheim that's obviously not his name as the chief of police is really good obviously that guy's just bored to play a slime ball sandra bullock is such inspired casting she is so good in this i think it might be her best movie and Wesley Snipes is our greatest treasure. Uh, that's the and thing is I can't to... even call this Wesley Snipes' best movie because I feel like I gotta rewatch Blade. I like I don't think Blade's gonna be as good as this because just because he's so much funnier in this. But boy, like he is Blade just... doesn't hold up, but it's really fucking funny. He's man. early stages Daffy Duck in this. He's bouncing off the walls, going woohoo, woohoo, woohoo. 
all I want to do right now is watch New Jack City again. When he's, it's been a long time. Oh, man, I remember that. Man, when he says, uh, wow, what, what, I don't remember what he says. Oh, yeah, he's unfreezing all these criminals, and he's just like, Jeffrey Dahmer, I love that guy. Like, <laughs> you could not do that line these days. I really don't think you could. He's just so and the movie God, really embraces its cheesiness, especially in the in the action violence and everything. I think it does such a good job of it. It knows what it is, but without winking at the audience like, hey guys, like, like a good example. Like, I like the movie Machete. I thought it was a really funny parody. Yeah, me too. Machete Kills <laughs> is not. <laughs> it's a very much winking like, hey guys, isn't this crazy? And this movie knows what it is, but without... You know, it tiptoes that line very carefully of being satire, but also delivering, like, really fun, dumb action. Now, there is some abjectly stupid shit, like, shit that I just did not understand. The biggest one for me is the nude scene. Yeah. Uh, They don't have sex, but don't worry. We found a way to get a titty. Now, can I just... Oh, well, you technically see them during the sex scene. It's just, like, these images flash across the screen, and you start to feel a little bit nauseated when it happens. But then he goes home, and uh, he turns on his Skype box. Second movie we've watched one of those things. I don't know what's going on. And it's just some woman with the wrong number who decides to, in the nude, call up someone at random. I, I, what? You really needed that? to can, Come on. It's like the nude scene in Red Sonia. Another movie I've seen. That's Schwarzenegger. Speaking of Schwarzenegger, that's the thing about inspired casting is I feel like this is so very much Stallone. You know, this is, it's got to be a Stallone thing. If you had put Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie, I mean, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to be first in line, but I don't think it would be quite as good. I imagine him in this movie, I very much imagine him in Jingle All the Way, like that kind of performance. Oh, you know what? Just bug-eyed constantly. I'm going to uh, give a kind of a hot take Uh here. It's actually like another movie that he's done, a lot like it, one that wasn't as good at all. Oh dear. Look, I do not like Last Action Hero. I think it's just really poorly done satire. This is excellent satire. This is satire done, like, fantastically. But, like, come on, seriously. Last Action Hero is just not very good satire. It, it doesn't, it like, it just says, oh, like this trope that we have, or like this trope that we have. Whereas this one just sort of, like, it, it lets the audience do their own math, you know? It's been a very long time since I've seen it, but from what I remember, you're absolutely right. Yeah, look, I, I'm just not really that big of a fan of Last Action, also because it's way too uneven. Whereas this one is just, it, it does a really good job of being both funny intentionally and unintentionally, and that is really something. I mean, think about, like, Evil Dead 2 was able to do that, you know? that That is something that I really admire, like... Uh, what, what's uh what's one scene that they oh yeah here's here's a good one for you when he talks about his daughter and says yeah she wouldn't want me and then the scene just ends and goes nowhere they never bring it up again that's really funny <laughs> it's really funny that they cut out her da- his daughter like she had scenes filmed in the movie and they were just like nah <laughs> we don't need it to just cut it off like that a very sci-fi and b very funny very cool it's just like yo I have to find Simon Phoenix. Hey, this movie's really funny, and it also has Rob Schneider in it. And also so only like, one what woman. What else do I have to say? 
Yeah, like one too many, but you know, they can't all be uh, Well, one and a half. The woman who serves him rat burgers. <laughs> yeah, he shouts down on that rat burger, too. He goes into it, which is funny because I think it's almost funny that like the joke doesn't go the way you think it is. It's like, oh, it's a rat burger. And uh, you expect him, oh, bleh, to spit out the food. It's just like, no, it's the best burger I've had in years. It cuts to him to rounding the corner, just like licking his fingers clean. <laughs> this movie's it's a so very Chris Field move right there. Uh, I want to watch it again. <laughs> oh, man. If Alamo ever shows this movie, I am taking off work. Oh, absolutely. I will call in sick so quick. If I get a special Demolition Man t shirt. <laughs> Oh man, who would you put on the t-shirt? Would points. you put that fat guy? <laughs> the fat guy from Beetlejuice? He the fat guy from everything in the 90s. What wasn't <laughs> from he? every single Tim Burton movie ever. I'm pretty sure he played a cyber monk in two different Dennis Rodman movies. That sentence just shook me to my core <laughs> from start to finish. <laughs> Holy shit. Wait, have you never seen Double Team? It's been a long time, but just oh, the way that, that sentence progressed, <laughs> it kept going in ways I didn't expect. There were so many twists and turns in it. Double Team has to be a movie. I can already hear Alex just saying, oh, I want to be on it, I want to be on it, because uh, she's she's really into it. Um, Look, if you're asking she and me I have had I want arguments about whether it's uh, homoerotic, I argue that it's not. Then she points to the scene of <laughs> fucking uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme just bending like oh, he's Stretch Armstrong. I was like, that's not if, sexual. Yeah. I do that. If he's in it, nothing he does is not sexual, first of all. She, How dare she you? She is a JCVD expert. Oh, I would need her to teach me. <laughs> she, like, if you're asking if I want to take all the gaps in her schedule where there's no theatrical movie and replace it with either bad horror or 80s action, the answer is yes. 80s action or 90s action or any 2000 movie with butt rock. I mean, yes. If it has Jean-Claude Van Damme or at any point the movie plays Dragula, it's an automatic yes. So you don't have to Bonus points for go, the Red Red Hot Groovy remix. Just go, hey, we're watching Dracula 2000. I'll be like, all right, one step ahead of you. My Gerard Butler is Dracula. What about Dracula 2 Ascension? Yes, real movie. So Dracula 3000. Yeah, I already read Boxy. What's up? What are we doing? <laughs> Are we serious about this? Are we going to dig through these ditches and burn through these witches, Chris? I just watched it last night. What a quinky dink. So. <laughs> Here's 8,000 words on it. My life is going great. Yeah. Uh, Working my way through what? Now, the other thing about this movie that I really do want to mention is that as far as science fiction goes, I think this one is top tier. Uh, mostly because <laughs> this is something I want to say about science fiction fans in general. Something wrong with a lot of you people. Not just, oh, I like a certain thing. No, no, no. That's fine. It's okay and good to like a certain thing. But for me, it's like criticizing fellow fans of Undertale. Goodness gracious, people, let's get into some of you. Because, like, Undertale's really good. It's a good game. Yeah, of course I found a way to mention it. But, like, it's it's a good game. It's fun. You know, it's nice characters. Draw your fan art. That's cool. Whatever. Some of you people get, like, way too into this. You take it way too seriously. Same sort of thing happens with science fiction fans. One thing that I've noticed with science fiction fans is that so many of them have no sense of humor. You know, it's like for every single science fiction series that has some good humor, like uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is one, or Mystery Science Theater is a good one. There are so many ones that are just completely humorous. Like, think about the humor in Star Wars. That, that Some of those are supposed to be funny. What's the best joke from Star Wars? Oh, when he calls her Chrome Dome. No, that was really no, funny. When, when she calls him Nerf Herder. 
It's funny because it's a made-up name. You know, we were having fun. He just <laughs> personally... First you bring up Undertale, and then you attack Star Wars. Like, I'm not sure what you're trying to do here, what your game is, right. but I don't care for it. Well, turn you off of Undertale and turn you on to Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> it's a visual I'm book. Listening. Let me tell you about a game called Dream Daddy. Oh, you know what? I heard the game has not executed well. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well... How did we get to this point? <laughs> a, oh, yeah, we were talking about shitty serious movies like Blade Runner and not good ones like Demolition Man. You know, Demolition Man, I yeah, think... What a one-two punch. We did. I, I'll say oh, this. Demolition Man works as a genuinely good movie and not like, oh, it's serious, man. You know, straighten your tie sort of thing. This is a good satire. And to ha- I think satire is one of the most important, like works of art you could possibly have you know and to really make fun of the system etc and the man i i I love shit like that that's important you you gotta have stuff like that because you know it'll get people to start thinking and just start doing stuff you know it's like think about animal farm animal farm was a satire it's considered one of the greatest novels ever written you know so i think that this falls in line with that because it, it does very well in everything that it sets out to do besides the nude scene which again what was going on with that um I, I liked uh, just about everything about this movie. The one thing actually that sticks out in my mind that I did not like was actually the sound design. And it's just like sound effects or something like that. Why did they use record scratches whenever Wesley Snipes kicked somebody? <laughs> it's so funny. Why did they use the most boring uh, siren alarm whenever someone swears? And the opening scene itself had like three sound effects where I was just like, you could have gone with something else. There's one point where I think uh, John Spartan punches Simon Phoenix. And it's just like a thud. And it's just like the wrong kind of thud, you know? And it's just, that's what you're thinking about, you know? There's like 18 sticky notes to say, all right, fix this in post as it gets delivered to the theater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for everything else in there, it's made up for uh, it's made up by uh, Sandra Bullock. And I'm not just saying that because she's beautiful in this movie. Honestly, like I'm not trying to run her down, but uh, she wasn't like as like amazing looking as everyone else was in 1993. She wasn't exactly like uh, Meg Ryan or anything like that. She was just Sandra Bullock. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying she looked average by no means that she look average. I mean, she was something, but like, I, I don't know. It's, it's just that she wasn't playing. Oh, the beautiful, you know, whatever she she was funny she was a character she was she was someone when she was on screen was like oh what's she gonna do now she was like pure comedy but she was one of the funniest parts of that entire movie and that's why next week we're watching miss congeniality chris hit the outro <laughs> nice try now i you have to think about uh this didn't win a whole lot of awards in 1993 you remember what won best Gosh. picture this this year i thought it was sleepless in seattle it wasn't <laughs> Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure it was something else. Oh, I thought you had the answer. No, it was Schindler's List. So I can't exactly oh, say gross. this movie was better than Schindler's List. Bunch of black and white Wattos running well, around. Well, there was a lot of good stuff in 1993. I mean, it was a pretty decent year for movies. You got Homeward Bound, Groundhog Day, uh, Jurassic Park, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, The Fugitive, uh, Trois Couleur Bleu, uh, Cool Runnings. <laughs> uh, there you go. You know, Nightmare Before Christmas, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, and uh, what is it? The the Sandlot? No, 
that's I hate that movie. Trash. I really do not like that movie. Uh, Trash. You know, garbage. You keep it. You know what? I actually oh, and Days to Confused. I also hated. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I did. I didn't like the movie at you all. Connected with the Ben Affleck character a lot. I don't even remember who he was. You routinely paddle me when I try and talk about video games. I don't. Speaking of video it. games, you know who I actually like? Uh, what I actually kind of was alright with. Uh, I was kind of into the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's bad, but stay tuned. For it, that it, one, boy, that's sooner or later. It's just a weird movie. It's just very, very strange. I just wish when I would text you like, "Hey, Chris, there's a new Han Solo trailer," he would stop screaming "freshman" and trying to paddle. Me. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Anyway, so uh, it's supposed to be a professional environment. Now you mentioned Black Panther. That's coming out next week, right? Nope. Oh, not yet, friend. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've decided next week we are going to watch a little movie called Hard Target, which I've never seen. And uh, do you know anything about Hard Target? I'm pretty sure Jean Claude Van Damme's in it. Oh my God, that's the only thing you know. Oh, I'm so happy. Okay, I'm so happy for you right now. All right, we're go- there's so many things you get to experience without any sort of warning. I'm so jealous. All right, Hard Target, it is. I'm. I am looking forward to it. Not as much as I am. I can't wait for the endless text during this movie. John Woo, Jean Claude Van Damme. God bless the, his fucking mullet in that movie. <laughs>